0: How have you been? Well, I was just thinking about that because last time I spoke with you, Samurai Chop was the new single. It was kind of a secret that you'd signed to Tough Gong and UMG. So a year later, how's life changed for you? How's life changing? It has been a year, hasn't
1: it? Um it's been crazy, bro. It's it's been there's been opportunities that have come up that I would have never even imagined. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. and I've just, I've just fully surrendered myself and surrounded myself to the music at this point. Um, it's a blessing to be able to move around, spend time with my family, and do it all because of music. Like, yeah, man, it's it's been a crazy year. Trust me.
0: Yeah, and I saw that you were recently here in New York. You played at Coney Island, representing Tuff Gong at that big, important festival. Was that your first time in New York? That was my first time in New York, yes. Yeah, man. Beautiful, you, beautiful, uh, yeah. Did you do all the stereotypical tourist things like Empire State Building and Broadway? No, nah, man. I didn't have enough time, unfortunately. It was just
1: Coney Island and that was it. But I feel like Coney Island was, for that trip, it was enough.
0: Did you go to the original Nathan's Hot Dogs while you were there? No, nah, man. Nobody told me. Darren, you should have told me. Next time you come out, I'll make sure that Cruff gets everywhere he needs to go. But I, I enjoy watching your social media because. How flexible you are as a performer. You'll perform with a live band if they need. If it's a barbecue, you'll come up and do a song. If it's a if it's a big festival, you'll do it. You're and I say that as a compliment because a lot of artists have it in their head that they need to get into character. They have to warm up. Not cruff. They'll show up. They'll deliver the goods. Yeah, man. Um, I I
1: always say that performing is my favorite part of the gig. There are moments where like something will come up last minute and I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta get it together. But, um, I just feel like to me, bro, to be a a good artist and a great artist, you just have to be ready at the drop of a dime. You know what I mean? And obviously there are moments where like, I want to go up and I'm like, oh, I have a vision for the show. I want to look like this. And maybe that's not in the cards right now, but as long as I can go up there and be entertaining, because that's the job at the end of the day, you're an entertainer. I think that's, uh, that's
0: all that matters. Yeah, so this is another compliment. You don't need seven hype men on stage. You could just go up there solo. Is that something that you had to learn how to do? Or is it because you started out solo, it's just easy to be solo? I feel like personally on that specific one, I've
1: just, and this isn't knocking anybody's performances, but I've just seen how it looks with when you have like the gang of hype men. And I've just been like, nah, I don't really think, like to me, if someone's on stage, everybody has to have a purpose on stage. Same thing with the studio. If someone's in the studio, they have to have a purpose. You can't just be hanging out. You know what I mean? Then you're distracting from the mission. So I feel like I've definitely, I took it upon myself to learn how to pivot with that. That being said, there are moments where I know I kind of have a set where my Brajians come on and I even met them do a one-two song with that in the Skoka the other day. And I feel like that was a great vibe. So it's all just for what the show calls for. Makes sense. Uh, new single, She Don't Need. Uh, when did you actually record it? That was recorded back in November, I believe. November of last year. Yeah, I know, right? It's been no <laughs> fault for, for a minute, man. But I did, and nobody knew. Nobody knew we were just sitting on a banger like that. It kind of makes you question what else, we're, what else we're holding out. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah, so that's something about you. Are there 80 songs recorded? Are there 12 songs recorded? I have no idea. Can you give me a, a ballpark range on how much you've recorded over the past year or so?
1: Ah, man, over the past year, because I'd just be in the studio there. I can't lie to you. Um, over the past year, I'd say like maybe 50, 60 songs. Um, but I'm picky. You know what I mean? Like nobody is more critical of Croft than Croft. So I kind of feel like I know which amount of those songs I think are ready for the road. Mm-hmm. And until I hit a, a certain number that I'm like, yeah, I feel comfortable with this. We're just going to keep making the hits isn't me.
0: Has it been a mix of producers that you've been recording with?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's been like a, a mixed bag. Um, a lot of great producers, some from Jamaica, like Circa 11, Tessellated, um, troublemaker, some from Toronto, like like Junior T, Rich Kid um eastbound some from montreal like banks and ranks who i just feel the need to shout out every time because me and them have something locked in you know what i mean so yeah man and then obviously i have my bridges that i've always worked with which is jag hooligan and solo yt so yeah it's just been a different bag and i feel like that kind
0: of helps to keep the song interesting and keep me on my toes as an artist i think i asked you this the last time we spoke which one is Banks and which one is Ranks? Because I still <laughs> don't know. And I don't know if they know either. <laughs> if, from my understanding, he's Banks and he's Ranks, it's <laughs> how it comes to know. <laughs> yeah. So it's really interesting to see you putting out these one off singles and that they're doing great. Uh, and they're charting and they're doing, again, they're doing great. Is there a full length coming? Did I miss the full length? You did not miss the full okay. length. It's not
1: out yet. Don't worry. But thank you for asking. I feel like I've always seen myself to be the type of artist that my body of work will be what I'm remembered for. You know what I mean? That's at least what I aspire to be. So it's always in the cards to be working towards that. Um, But at the moment, I also recognize that like we live in a different time. At yeah. the time right now, where like, you need to... You need to give the people a little bit, little bit, little bit before you give them a lot. You know what I mean? Less is more. So I'm on that path right now. And then when the time comes and when the people are banging
0: at my gates for it, we'll have the album ready for them. Well, will the full length album have the prior hits or will that be viewed as old material and you have to give all new stuff on the album? Any idea about that?
1: That's a good question, Darren. And... I honestly don't have an answer yet, and it's literally because I don't know. I would like that, um, maybe one two of the earlier songs end up on there, um, but I'm also very excited to just be making music that I feel like people haven't heard yet. Um, people will get the experience of listening to it for the first time in a rotation. So I'm not, I'm not marrying myself to any idea of bringing back all the oldies. You
0: know what I mean? When you said before that you had 50 or so songs recorded, I would guess that doesn't include features and collaborations you've done for other artists. Yeah, it doesn't. That's all me. Okay. So your publisher must be very happy with you, how much <laughs> material you're writing and delivering. Because a lot of artists delivering 12 songs every two years is a hassle. And mm-hmm. you've probably given them 50 to 80 songs that you have at least some songwriting of.
1: Mm-hmm. They've definitely they've definitely gotten a bunch from me, but it's just through sifting it all, you know what I mean? Like shout out my A Ivan Evidente. Like some of the best things is when we me and him get to sit down and he gives me his opinion on music because I value his opinion highly and I feel like he's 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 been a hit maker, you know what I mean? He knows how to work these records. So I feel like I'm in good hands in that regards. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah,
0: yeah, the music soon touch the road so really busy the past year because of the touring the nonstop recording when you're not busy with all that what's the number two hobby for you besides music
1: you know it's crazy i get asked that question a lot and i really don't know what it is man and that makes me worried i'm like yo has music just become my whole life but i feel like the number two hobby more than anything is just spending time with my family like just doing just doing the mundane stuff literally doing the stuff that makes me feel like Solomon. that makes me not have to sit down and be like ah I'm King Croft today, isn't it? Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I feel like everyone enjoys being able to separate and sometimes spend time with who they really are on the
0: inside, isn't it? Well, it's not golf. Golf is not the number two hobby. You go down the checklist, yeah. you go, what would he like? Does he boat? Does he go in a boat a lot? Does he fish? That's that's a no. Um, you're not traveling for fun because you're traveling for tour, so you probably want to be home as much as possible. Is it sports? Are you do you have a football club or a rugby club? Okay, not that. Um, um good guesses, good guesses. Netflix,
1: uh <laughs> watching a lot of TV. A lot of that. You know what? I just started watching The White Lotus. Oh, actually, yeah. good show. Um, it's a very weird show, but I like weird shows. I don't know why. I like those shows that kind of like they dip into the, the human psyche, and They like study these things and like kind of gives you these characters that the, the the story is kind of driven by these characters. So The White Lotus is definitely a show that I touched on recently, and I really
0: enjoyed it. Have you seen both the Hawaii and Italy seasons or just the Hawaii? The Both of them, both of them. Mm-hmm. There you go, okay. Uh, now back to you here, though. What does the next year look like for you? Do you know, and I'm not asking for the exclusive here, I'm just trying to figure out, are you keeping 85 secrets or are you waiting to see what's going to happen?
1: it really makes me so like all I have is secrets. You know, I, re- I really try to be as transparent as possible. Um, I feel like what I want in the next year is is more music. You know what I mean? I want music to be coming out constantly. I don't want to wait for it because I feel like man, we just dropped a new song. She don't need. You know what I mean? And that was yesterday, and I'm not gonna lie, that felt like that felt like my birthday. Is me? That felt more like my birthday than my actual birthday. Is me? So that feeling of like dropping the music and having everyone react to it. And people have been waiting so long since Soufflé, which was the last single. I'm just, I think that's where my head is at. Everything else, as long as I'm dropping music,
0: I feel like I'll be happy. So were you performing She Don't Need live before the single came out? Yes, yes, I was. Were you telling people as part of your banter, this is my next single, or are you just keeping your mouth shut about what that was? it would
1: maybe sometimes I'd say it depends on what the vibe is what would be the best feeling is when I do the song and then someone comes up to me after this happened like last Friday before the song came out and i I did a show at, in London called Stompbox and this girl came up she was like that last song was amazing when is that song coming out and I was like guess what it's coming out next week so that's like that's like the best
0: feeling in the world you know what I mean well Two quick questions for you, and then I'm going to let you go. And the first one is, you've already collaborated with a lot of artists, but who else is on your list of people that you hope to collaborate with in the future?
1: Mm, that I hope to collaborate with? Um, I feel like, you know, I'll go for the for the dream collabs first, which is Andre and Kendrick, Childish Gambino, you know, the, the real aiming highs. And I feel like for me personally, I just want to tap in more with the artists that I know. Um, there's an amazing artist out here in Toronto named Nilo Blues. Um, crazy singer. I love that guy. Um, some people back home, I want to make more music with Tessellated, I want to make more music with Runkus, I want to make some music with Royal Blue, I want to make some music with, with even some of the some of the OGs, you know what I mean? So yeah. the list is long. It's, it's it's all
0: about just finding the right place for the collaboration to happen. Now, my last question to me is interesting, but it may be a stupid one to you. Okay, mm. you ready? When, when you work for a corporation, usually you get some perks, some benefits, you're allowed to know stuff before everyone else does. Now, being a tough gong person, do you get to hear any of the Marley family stuff before it comes out?
1: Hmm. Honestly, and this is just me being honest, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say no. But I'm going to say the main reason why is because I'm I'm just they're in they're all over the place. You know what I mean? They're everywhere. And I I'm just in Canada right now. You know what I mean? I feel like if I was around them, then definitely like I've there's been moments where I've heard some some of the unreleased stuff. I'm not gonna say from who because you know what I mean I yeah. don't want to get in into- trouble. I've heard some of the unreleased stuff and I've just been like, this is insane. Like people don't even know that this type of music exists. Um So i definitely get the the sneak in every once in a while but as of lately i've just been up in canada making this music man so
0: but shout out top dance anyway i'm looking forward to the next single hopefully you get back to new york and i could be at that show and when you know where to come uh when you're coming to new york and you want to know where to go we'll take you to see mf doom's childhood home and all that kind of stuff because i know that's one of your heroes too but Hey, thank you for the great music and really looking forward to everything that's to come from you, Croft. Respect, respect, Diamond. Good talking to you again, man. Let's My not partner.
1: let's not make it a year until we talk again. You zoom in. Hey yo, check One Two. This is Flavor Flav. And I don't disappear fast. Because right now you are watching the PaltroCast.
2: Cast.
3: Hi everybody, this is Marty Stewart, and you're listening to the Paltrocast.
0: Outro I'm going to say good morning, although it looks like it's evening by you. So, good evening.
4: <laughs> good morning where you are.
0: Yeah, exactly. How's your day going aside from having to do an interview like this?
4: Uh, it's been a really nice Friday. It's like a chill Friday night in for me. How's your day then?
0: Nonstop, but good so far. And it's a pleasure to be speaking with you. And am I correct? that The Thrill is the latest single from you? Because I've seen it on your TikTok, I've seen it mentioned on Instagram, and I think that's the latest single.
4: Yeah, yes, yes it is. It's it's my latest single for now.
0: And how did it work where you used a producer from LA? Were you sending files back and forth or were you actually in Los Angeles a little bit?
4: No, we didn't get to go to Los Angeles at the time. It was in the middle of the pandemic. We were making it in, in around 2020. And um, it was a 10-minute phone call, much like this one. His name is Peter. He's amazing. And he got it right with like a 10-minute combo. And we immediately loved it afterwards.
0: Wow. So you've been sitting on this track for a while. So I assume you've been writing and recording a lot in the past couple of years. And you're anxious for it to come out.
4: For sure. I'm so excited that this one is out.
0: Do we know when your next single is coming out? Or do we just have to keep checking TikTok and Instagram to see? I think you guys will have to stay tuned. There you go. So, uh the thrill was that an easy song for you to write?
4: At the time it was. It was I was 19 at the time. And um it was one of those tracks where you just wanted to like sing to your phone whenever you get an idea. And it right. was one that I that I scrapped and I kept for a long time until I met the team and then I was like, "Oh, you guys, here's a bunch of my stuff. What can we do with it?"
0: Got it. Now, as I've learned from your social media, though, never go through a girl's phone. Never go through her notes and all never, that, right? Never,
4: never, never, never.
0: <laughs> so that's that's a tough one because clearly there's good music in your phone, but we're not supposed to go through it.
4: You guys will have to scroll through Spotify.
0: <laughs> uh, so have you been able to perform the thrill live?
4: No, I haven't. I really haven't.
0: Got it. Are there plans to perform the thrill live? Fingers crossed. Got it. So what made you want to become a singer in the first place?
4: I've always loved it. Um, It was one of those things where I I was lucky enough to know what I wanted ever since I was a toddler. I was getting potty trained when I was like around two. And my parents would used to play ABBA songs back then. So I was like, I believe in angels while I was on the toilet seat and I, and I and I didn't grow out of that. I loved it and I brought it up to now.
0: So it was specifically ABBA that made you wanna do it? Were there particular albums that you heard and you went, this is what I wanna do myself?
4: Oh, actually it was, a, when it comes to my inspiration, it's a bunch of different artists, but I, that was a distinct memory that I had because I remember people singing it around the house and it was just a very musical household in
0: general. Did you grow up going to concerts much? Because in Indonesia we don't get the same tours in the US as you do in Indonesia. But it looks like every major pop star from the UK, US, etc., is touring Indonesia at some point.
4: Uh, at this rate, yes, yes, they are. Uh, but when back way back when, when I was a kid, not really no. Do
0: <laughs> you remember what your first concert was?
4: It was a Celine Dion concert.
0: Really. Do you remember the tour or era of Celine Dion? Because she had a lot of eras.
4: I really don't. But she was already in Vegas at the point, at that point.
0: Got it. Have you ever been to Las Vegas before?
4: Before that visit?
0: Uh, In general. So you saw Celine Dion in Vegas? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. How long is that flight from Indonesia to Vegas? Or is there like six stops on the way? There were a lot of stops on the way. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So you just mentioned Abba was an influence, Celine Dion is an influence. Were there any rock influences in what you did?
4: I pretty much listened to a hodgepodge of a lot of things. Um, I'm sure there are. I love Aerosmith. I love listening to a bunch of different artists altogether, together. And um, I will take different pieces of different artistry in each one to be able to make it my own.
0: So with future recordings of yours that you're planning on eventually releasing, are they more in the direction of the thrill?
4: I think it's a diverse spectrum. I mean, I think the next release would be something completely different from the thrill.
0: Wow, okay. Now, having done this, you before you put out the thrill, you teased on social media, hey, a music video is coming. <laughs> Did you like that approach of going, hey, wait, 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 or with the next one, you, would you just come out with the music video at the same time?
4: Hmm. I guess we'll have to wait and see for that one.
0: There's a lot of waiting and seeing in the world sure. of break. Got it. And when you're not busy with music, Where does your free time usually go?
4: There's not a lot of that lately, (laughs) but, um, I love reading. I love books, I love learning. So I'm always tinkering with something new every week. Like I'm very much into linguistics. I love, uh, um, it's a spectrum with me. Again, I like going from one end to the other. I would like extreme sports too, like um, I know my family has been training, uh, me and my sisters, ever since we were little, but like at the gun range for fun, for, uh, for like athletic stuff. And I love working out, I love fitness, I love, I love cooking, I love being with my dog, it's living.
0: <laughs> do you associate with a lot of other artists or do you keep your artist life separate From your real life?
4: I associate with a lot of different artists. I pretty much see them almost every day in my life. I'm lucky enough to be surrounded by so many creative individuals.
0: Now, do you have any musical recommendations from the Indonesian music scene that we should be listening to? Because let's face it, we in the States, usually what we listen to is what the top 40 radio pro you know radio tracks are Mm. the top 40 format i don't know if that's a universal thing so we don't get to find out hey what's great elsewhere in the world unless we really make an effort to
4: oh and that's fair because top 40 is great um i would love for you guys to check out this band they're called manja three -hmm. guys pop alternative they're from bali um i think you guys would really like them
0: I may or may not be interviewing Manja next week. Um, oh, and if, cool! If, if so, anything you want me to ask them or any inside jokes that I should throw at them to, to freak them out in the middle of the interview?
4: Um, ask James how he feels about balloons.
0: Okay, we can do that. Well, two quick <laughs> questions and then I'll let you go. Because recapping what I've learned so far, this is the new single, but it was started a couple of years ago. So it's it's new to us. It's not new to you. Um, more music is coming soon, but we don't know when. Uh, there will be music videos for that mu in the, for the new music. We don't know when. we're gonna have to wait and see. You go to concerts, you have diverse tastes all over the place. you're artistic, you're athletic, etc. But is there something else that you wish that people knew about Bree?
4: that she is a an onion is, and you will meet each and every part of her through her music
0: is that going to be a future uh song or music video theme brie is the onion
4: i'm open to it i would love that however i have no plans to you know have a cooking show yet <laughs> not yet. yet
0: yet well that's the key word yeah well you I'm looking forward to the future cooking show, the f- future music, eventually you in the <laughs> States, but uh, keep up the great work in the meantime, and thank you for your time today.
4: First thank
0: you so minute. much for your, your time today. Outro cast. Plus everything. Hello,
1: we are P1 Harmony.
5: And you're watching the Paltrocast.
6: Woo! Cast. Hey, this is Eric Nelson, and you're watching the Paltrocast. Paltrocast.
7: Hey, my name is Ms. dree and you guys are watching the Paltrowcast.
0: How's your day going, aside from answering the same questions over and over and over again?
2: I love answering the same questions over and over again. I have two children, so I'm used to it. I get asked the same question all day.
0: You <laughs> must Same be used to questions. Why? 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 Well, anyway...
2: I'm good uh, with it. I'm good with all of it. You're a different person, so it makes a difference.
0: Score. Well, congratulations mm-hmm. on another season of the show, had you filmed much in Mexico before being cast in the Mosquito Coast?
2: No, not familiar at all, at all. And so season one, we were all from Mexico, as you saw. Uh, and season two, we sort of picked a cenote in a location where Casa Roja was built. and We got to fix, you know, be there. So I got to explore the surrounding areas. I mean, I was at work all the time. But, um, I got to be um, in Mexico for that amount of time. I really, I love, I love. Love the culture, love the people, love the food, love everything about it. It's pretty did, spectacular.
0: Did you know that the show would be filming there for season two? Because I know that season one, there was a location change due to COVID and whatnot.
2: We had so many location changes because we were gonna film in a gorgeous location for the for the desert episode when we were crossing the desert, but it, there was a huge rainfall and all of a sudden our desert location turned green. So it was no longer suffering in the desert, right? Where it was dry and hot and, you know. So we had to go to a place that I won't mention because it was not my favorite place on the the globe, I would say, but it serves its purpose. Um, uh, And so I, I feel like this season, we didn't have any changes. We got to stay in the same place.
0: Did you know very far in advance that there'd be a season two of the show and have to keep it a secret for a long time?
2: No, we didn't know because nobody really ever knows until they air it and if it works. But, you know, I kind of had a fair idea that by the end of season one, when they didn't get to the actual Mosquito Coast, which is the name of the show, that that they might keep trying, you know, there might be some room to keep trying. And and also, I don't feel like any of us were done, you know, with this journey.
0: Well, that was actually something I was going to ask about. When you were casting the show, was it called Mosquito Coast or was there a working title? <laughs>
2: No, no, it was called Mosquito Coast based on the book and the film, and which I had no idea about that. I missed that part of my life. I don't know when, why I missed that title and that film and all of that, but I loved it. And I realised it's it's based on the Mosquito tribe between Honduras and Nicaragua. So Mosquito with a K, Mm -hmm. um, not that we spell it like that, that's why it's called Mosquito Coast, because it's the name of the tribe. And that's where they've been told that if they get there, they're going to be safe. But as I have learned... And what I know is no matter where they go, they're not safe. So, wow,
0: well, <laughs> two quick questions and then you're free for me. And the first one is Are you allowed to say what you're working on next or is it all Mosquito Coast all the time?
2: It's all Mosquito Coast all the time for now, but I've just filmed something that I wrap, but I can't say. So,
0: okay, so keep checking you that. No,
2: it's not. It's no fun. It's no fun. It's no fun. You, cannot, you, you, you want to tell everybody, and no,
0: you're not allowed to say. I'm like, oh, okay. You're a good secret keeper. That's what I'm learning right here.
2: Well, I realize you have to
0: be. <laughs> so. yeah. And the last question I got for you, obviously Mosquito Coast is the best show on Apple TV. Everyone knows that. But what's the second best show? Do you have a recommendation?
2: I love Ted Lasso. I know everybody else does.
0: Everyone else does? I love does? it. Cool. Well, yeah, they
2: love it. I mean, maybe you reverse the order. Maybe if they love Ted Lasso first and then they love Al's equally, that would be fantastic. But well, I like the fact that um, everything on there is quality, so that's that's a great family to be
0: part of. No shortage of stuff to watch on Apple TV. But looking forward to your next project, whether it's season three of this show, whether it's sure, stuff, whatever it is, Melissa. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Outrocast. Hi, I'm David Coverdale from White You're listening to the Gwyneth Paltrow Cast, featuring Darren, the sexy beast from wherever the hell he is. Outrocast. Hey,
6: Steve Trevino here, and you are watching the Paltrowcast. Paltrowcast. It's the Cast now with Darren Paltrow. Let's
7: get ready to listen to your favorite
8: artists. Paltrowcast.
0: Hey, Taran, how is your day going aside from talking to me?
5: <laughs> it's going fantastic. Been in a bunch of meetings and uh, just looking forward to to this conversation.
0: Oh, when you say meetings, some artists love the meetings because they like to be hands-on with their marketing, their brand, etc. Were you always into that or is that a recent thing for you?
5: Uh, uh, it's intensified a bit recently because we're planting a brand new church. But yes, I've always enjoyed meetings. I've been a meeting guy. Uh, and And love being a part of the minutia of what's happening.
0: minutia is a great word there. So you have the creative output and the business mindset. That's not a very common thing from my experience in music. Were you from day one into the minutiae? ah
5: uh, yes, i I love all of that. I don't want to get information that makes my eyes glaze over, but I like knowing the why behind decisions and i have always felt like you can only make decisions as good as the information that you have so i try i tell people on my team information is my love language so share as much
0: as you can until i tell you you're losing me <laughs> well you have new music you're hosting award shows you're out and about how long was it in the making that you had new music coming for
5: Well, we've been working on it for a while. We knew that there was more story to tell in the Join the Morning release. And we had some songs that I just really wanted to hear, wanted people to hear. Uh, So we plotted, we schemed, and uh, we got it out.
0: Well, when you're putting out an album, is it one for one? Meaning, if we hear 13 songs on the album, did you record 13 or did you pare that down from 35?
5: uh it's many many more songs than that usually around a hundred or more songs wow that we yeah that we work through and see what we really want and then we'll get it down to about 20 we'll make some hard choices and then we'll go in and we'll record 13 or 14 and put out 11 or 12.
0: Now do any of those songs that don't get used Wind up as the features because you feature with a lot of prominent artists as well.
5: Uh, they usually end up either sitting on my Dropbox for all eternity, or I'll send them to other artists, and I'm fortunate enough to have some other artists record some of those songs.
0: A weird question related to all the business minutia: Are you subject to a publishing deal where they go, you have to deliver X number of songs, and that's where? Pressure to keep writing comes from? Well, there is an
5: expectation of delivering songs. There's not a lot of pressure on it, but they do tie what you have the ability to make to how much of a song you actually wrote. So they want you to write in total a certain number of songs. Right. uh, So that you can unlock more resource. So it there is a bit of a game to it. I have kind of just disregarded that. Mm-hmm. I just want to record the best songs. I feel like the best artists of all time recorded the best songs. Period. Whether they wrote 100%, 10% or none of it, you record the best songs, you win. So that's been my mindset.
0: What you were just talking about with percentages, it sounds like you're talking about the MDRC clause in a publishing contract. Is that what it is?
5: Uh, yeah, it's a bunch of clauses like uh, that.
0: Weave all the clauses together
5: dangerous. in a way that you can't understand.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, where they go, okay, well, you have 50% of that song, a third of that song, and right. an eight of that, song. So therefore that counts as one song. To that's qualify right. Towards your next advance. That's
5: that's right.
0: Well, yep. kudos to you on being diversified in terms of your artistic pursuits. You're one of those people. We never know where you're going to pop up next. So is the next tour fully booked or what's coming up for that?
5: We're doing a, this is Jesus tour. It's a Christmas tour. Mm-hmm. And I get to be with Jordan Smith and Katie Nicole. And it's going to be amazing. We did a full day of filming together and it was so fun Uh, Just great, great people. Uh, A unique night. I haven't done a lot of Christmas shows. I usually stay away from them uh, because Christmas as a season is overwhelming in itself. Then Mm -hmm. you throw performing shows and then doing music that you don't do a lot. um, It's quite a learning curve. So I am excited for it, though, this year. I'm up for the challenge and I'm looking forward to seeing people out on the road for those seven shows.
0: That's a fascinating topic for me because a lot of artists, their peak season is Christmas, like Trans-Siberian Orchestra. For 20-ish years now, you know, they're on the road from November to December. And then Halloween comes around and Elvira is out. There's certain people who have certain seasons. So when you're a Christmas-related artist, when do you actually get to celebrate Christmas?
5: Well, for me, I usually protect my Christmases. So... I've never done a Christmas tour. I did one Christmas show maybe six years ago, uh, that was kind of close to Christmas. Uh, but I try to protect those days. I love being home for the holidays. Mm -hmm. There is something just special about being with family, even Mm -hmm. when you're in Texas and it's still 75 degrees at Christmas. Uh, I just love the season. So try to protect that time. I would imagine though, uh, how people approach it and this is just folks that travel a lot you don't have to be a musician to understand this but instead of celebrating days you celebrate occasions so you can't always do birthday on the birthday you can't always do anniversary on the day of the anniversary but you can still celebrate the occasion you know within a reasonable time
0: well I was in the room for that concept and lyrics so do I get 50 percent of the publishing (laughs) that now
5: you're learning Now you're learning. I had a phone call with a friend yesterday and he was getting ready to go into a writing session. And I said, Well, we talked right before, so I get at least seven percent of whatever song you write today.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that person breaks your heart, therefore they get 25% of the song forever.
5: Yes, Uh, yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so the church, the upcoming tour, the recent music, etc., doesn't sound like a lot of downtime for you, but when you do get downtime, where does it go?
5: The golf course.
0: Okay. I, okay.
5: Oh yeah. If I that's, got time playing golf.
0: Now that's super intriguing because I'm going to say more than half of the musicians that I interview are golf people, even if they're the most tattooed metal artist ever or the most mellow yacht rock artist. Golf seems to be this common denominator. How did you get into that?
5: I started playing two and a half years ago, almost three years ago now. I got invited to a golf tournament and went to Dick Sporting Goods and bought top flight clubs and went and played TPC Sawgrass in Florida, which I'm probably the first and last person to ever play uh $200 bag of top flight clubs (laughs) at TPC Sawgrass but I just fell in love with the game that day I've upgraded my gear since then uh so I've I've just enjoyed it it's been a great place of reprieve for me and uh get to get out there with some friends and learn something new
0: do the clubs come with you on tour they do absolutely
5: I try to get nine holes in as often as I can out on tour. Any more than that it kind of tires me out, but uh, I'll get out there and, and shoot nine and, and enjoy it.
0: What I've read is uh, Alice Cooper, the famous hard rock singer, 18 holes on the off days, nine on the off days, every day on tour.
5: Yeah, that's a lot. I don't think I'm playing that much golf.
0: but uh, <laughs> But the TPC is now your friend, it sounds like.
5: Oh, man. It's so beautiful. Beautiful experience. And it's been a cool way to see different cities. You know, a lot of times when you're going in on tour, you're seeing basically concrete uh, until you walk out on stage and the room's filled with people. So it's been great to get outside, drive through the city a little bit, get to the outskirts and, and spend some time.
0: Well, two quick questions and then I'll let you go. And the first one is, who is there an artist besides, you know, the love of gospel that made you want to become a professional singer? A particular album or artist?
5: That is a great question. I think just going back to my early days singing in the church choir, it didn't necessarily make me want to be an artist. I'd say Michael Jackson was like my biggest artist inspiration but in my mind michael jackson in the world that he existed in was like another planet it just the, the it didn't seem like there was any connection except through the radio or the tv to whatever magic was happening somewhere that i could never reach but for me the church choir was the place that i was actually able to discover A gift even though it was very very raw and undeveloped and have it aligned with an actual purpose and that's what I loved it wasn't and it's still not just singing for the sake of the art form although I love it it's the fact that it's a vehicle for my purpose that it Mm -hmm. connects me with people that allows me to encourage and uplift and things like that so that's why I really love it. And that's where my love for it started was in the church choir.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, the last question for you is your resume, your CV, if you're from England, if you want to call it that, uh, speaks for itself where it's just top artists, no matter the genre that you've toured with, recorded with, collaborated with, et cetera. Is there anyone still on that wish list for you?
5: Uh, yes, of course. Uh, I would love to collaborate with Taylor Swift. (laughs) I actually wrote her a letter before this last album process to get her to feature on one of the songs. Uh, I don't know if it ever made it to her or not, Uh, but that would be one that would be bucket list. Uh, There are so many just people that I respect their talent, their gift, uh, the way that they have stewarded it. Uh, So, but she's at the top of the list. For sure.
0: Was it a handwritten letter or a printed letter from a computer?
5: Handwritten. Handwritten at the kitchen table. So I thought if anything had a chance to get to her, it would be a handwritten from one of my old journals. Like I made it as sentimental as possible. Um, But I'm still waiting for that one.
0: Well, I think you're in a win-win situation because maybe you eventually get that collaboration, but if you don't, maybe you have a song in there about how she didn't get back to you because all of her (laughs) songs are about the people that wronged her. Now you have the song about I was going to
5: say, that'd be a very Taylor thing to do for sure. (laughs) Well, hey,
0: thank you for all the positivity that you put out into the world. Hope to see you live eventually in New York and looking forward to whatever's coming next from me, Taran.
5: Yes, sir. Thank you so much,
0: man. Have a great day. And I love that space behind you. It's awesome. The wife tolerates it. She tolerates the hoarding and the, the pop culture uh, collection, which is the opposite of yours. You look like you're in a vocal booth.
5: I I basically am. I basically am.
0: Allison, Alyssa, pleasure to be speaking with you both again. When I had the pleasure of speaking with you both, it was about three, two to three months ago, the season had was about to premiere now the season's almost wrapping so the first thing that i'm ultra curious about and i'll throw it to Alyssa first did you actually have the season finished when we were speaking those two to three months ago or is it one of those things where oh it was actually finished it was finished so it's not the kind of thing where last minute you were hoping to you know dot the i's cross the t's as they say
7: Oh, it was, it was very, it was crossed and crisscrossed
0: and (laughs)
6: applesauce. That
0: that is incredibly rare for animation as far as I know, or Allison, am I wrong about that?
6: I mean, the first time we were still working, I mean, it's such a long schedule. We just sort of, they ended up pushing the premiere, having nothing to do with us. I, I don't know. They were trying to figure, you know, whatever. So we never know. Like, we we have our schedule and then we never know when they'll actually show it. But um, yeah, and it's nice when it works out that way because then you don't feel so divided. But it, it can be a mix.
0: And this final episode of the season, A Very Fantasy Vacation, from your perspective, Alyssa, was when in the process did this one come together?
7: Well, I mean, we had the idea very, very early on. We sort of, you know, set the idea as a north star in some ways for the season I mean it's a very episodic show so uh you know there wasn't particularly um you know too many kind of moving pieces uh as far as like a series arc that needed to be put into place for it to happen other than just kind of um you know the uh the bat shittery if that's a word um of you know of kind of like the world and and the characters um developing and and escalating throughout
6: yeah we we knew we wanted to do a road trip um and just the challenges of that as a you know technically as an animated show too it's like a it's a lot to set in motion and all new characters locations and like you know whatever had a lot of action in the episode and we knew we wanted to do that and we also wanted to kind of we went through many iterations of like Florida being a character and just how much Florida was a character. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually had an idea at the beginning that we didn't do that like all the, the states were on a text chain and we're like trying to get Florida to get off of it. Um, but you know it just so it sort of stemmed from this idea of getting Rid of Florida or Florida getting rid of itself or something like that, that you know ended up being the episode that it is, but yeah, that, that was yeah. always how cool.
7: would the US dump Florida, you know, like it, like just as a kind of relationship that you know, like would it ghost Florida? Would it, you know, it's not right. you, it's me, Florida.
0: Well, there's so many different Floridas. The older I get, the more I realize you have your, you know, in. Spitballing here. You have your Orlando, Florida kind of situation, your family friendly one family friendly one where there's all the conventions. Have you ever seen Convention Center Orlando?
7: Oh, yes, sir. Yes.
0: Wow. Uh that's like <laughs> Vegas without the gambling, basically. And then it's a different have,
7: kind of gamble. Yes.
0: You have your Clearwater uh Tology uh Florida as well, which is beautiful beaches. You have your Jacksonville, etc. Now I'm curious. Well, I'll throw it to you first, Alyssa. What's the last Florida destination you were able to visit or have fun in?
7: Oh man, um, I I let's see, Vero Beach. You know, I I yeah, went to see a a friend in uh, or Orlando, the Orlando you speak of. You know, I I went to the other summer. Um, yeah, and and Fort Gator is really you know Florida man, Florida uh it is it is just like the florida the shoeless florida of poor decisions you know that's that's for gator
0: uh same question to you allison you and john seem like you might be secret florida people like you might have that secret investment <laughs> in in there. And, and that that's a
6: compliment okay well i do not take it that way Alyssa's the florida lover here um, I take it I, as a compliment yeah. I agree no, I see
7: the no. BB in you and John it's in there is that nugget of Florida it glows from
6: you no. but I uh no my mother like my parents have had various things in uh Boca Raton oh um, yeah you know so there we're like like Jewish from Philadelphia Florida um which there's a lot of people that I my parents knew who now live in Florida, like that kind of Boca Raton, Del Rey part oh, yeah. uh, of it. Um, I personally see it as like a torture. Um, like I, I actually find it, it there's a, the, to me like a palatable evil in Florida. Um, and and so I find it very frightening. Um, but, you know, and always have even as a young person. Um, it affected me very strongly. Um, all so I, I I don't know I am uh, it's Alyssa's love of Florida mixed with my fear of Florida is it, you know, what's happening here.
0: What intrigues me about Florida is all the the refugees from England, New York, and Canada that repositioned down there. So when you find out, for example, the drummer of Iron Maiden has a ribs restaurant in Florida, and you go British Iron Maiden heavy metal pioneers ribs restaurant in Florida I mean you you have to at least get behind a little of that weirdness Allison
6: oh I'm behind it I just don't want to be near it (laughs) she's way (laughs) behind it way 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 behind yeah I'm I'm good I don't you know it's all fine I just I personally have like a you know slight allergic reaction to the place
0: well, on a different note, I'm going to say congratulations to you, Alyssa, for getting Iowa scrubbed from your Wikipedia as your residential state.
7: <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. What a victory. Uh, man, man, I can't even tell you how great it
0: feels. Well, uh, the cadavers on your cap, is is that a minor league baseball team that I've never heard of? Or is it <laughs> just a great ironic statement?
7: No, it is. uh, It is from um, it is from uh, episode this season where uh, Uncle Pete decides to coach uh, a little league uh, baseball team um, and the funeral home tender ending sponsors it and they're the
0: cadavers. Well, where I was trying to go to that was to feed you the corporate synergy where you go. And if you go to adultswim.com, <laughs> you can own one of these fine pieces of swag, but you didn't do that.
7: You can actually win it off of our Instagram. Um, if you go to the Teenage Euthanasia Instagram, we have weekly giveaways where you too can win a cadavers baseball cap.
6: Yeah, at the at, there is like, I think on Amazon, there is some, um, you can buy some, cadavers teenage euthanasia stuff but this hat is was the wrap gift for everyone who worked on the show so it is currently actually unavailable for sale but um maybe soon people do seem to love it the people who own it like wear it all the time it's 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 kind of a. I enjoy the
7: looks like you get in home depot you know um just kind of like the double takes it's it's kind of great
0: Well, my last question for both of you I don't know if this is going to get a five second response or a thing, you know, the kind of thing where we go, we're not allowed to talk about that. Or this is a no, I can't talk about it. Are we allowed to know what either or both of you are working on next?
6: Hopefully, season three of Teenage Euthanasia. Yeah, we are actively working to secure a season three of Teenage Euthanasia is the you know the thing we are actively working on but we have a lot of other ideas too (laughs) you
0: you never know i've asked that question some interviews and they go uh darren you have to edit that out because we're not allowed to pretend like we're even working on anything so it's great to see that you can both still be creative and working on an excellent shows season three
2: thank you
0: okay That's my time, and really thanks to you both for doing what you do, for putting out dark humor into the world and not being afraid to cower to Floridians.
7: <laughs> Thank you so much. Florida forever.
0: Outrocast. Thank you both very much for taking the time. You know, I've, I've been familiar with both of your outputs prior to the show, but Ginny and Georgia really... <laughs> has taken off in a big way. So I'll throw to Ben first, Ben, did you know, hey, this is gonna be a viral major series that people actually pay attention to the music to? Or did it just start off as, hey, it's a gig?
3: Um, Well, I will just say that uh, the creator is an old friend of mine and I actually got to read the scripts right when it got sold to Netflix, before it was in production. And it was clear even from the very first pilot script that it was, Definitely, like going to. I thought, remember thinking at the time, this is going to be popular. I'm not a big script reader. That's not like a thing I do a lot, and I don't feel like um, it. I I have like special insight into anything like that. But I, I it, w- it was clear to even me that it had a lot of elements. And now, when I think about the first episode, that's not even close to the best episode of the show. I mean, it's just gotten better and better from there. So, it's really, uh, really blown, blown me away. And and um, I had felt the minute that it, it became a possibility for something that Lily and I to, to score, mm-hmm. um, I it was always gonna be more than a gig, for sure. It was always gonna be a very special, deep um, and interesting project, in part because I'm such an old friend of the creator and and people tend to write what they know. There's a lot of things in the show inspired by things that I recognize, which is a lot of fun for me. So that's just a whole other other element Um, and working with an old friend and all that stuff. There's a lot in this show that that made this uh, gig really special to me from the beginning.
0: Hmm. Lily, totally different question for you. I first became aware of you when you were on a major label in the late 90s and you were touring with Matchbox 20 and that kind of a a deal. Now, when did you realize that scoring and writing projects Along these lines, was going to be the career path as opposed to chasing hits?
8: Uh, well, I started, uh, I, I scored my first film about 15, uh, 12 years ago. Um, I was part of Hans Zimmer's team as a violinist and singer. Uh, I love being in the room with directors, I love being in the room with You know, I I respond well to drama and I was a child actress, so I uh, I had a lot of like I, I really respond emotionally to things and I and and so rather than being a character in the show, I you know, I'm a character as a, a music person and I contribute emotionally. So it seemed like a really natural fit. And then I, I had some luck. The first film I scored got into Sundance and won a bunch of awards and I did the Sundance Labs and uh, I did mostly indie films. I didn't know nothing really they broke, uh, but I loved the art I was making. And I, it, People asked me if I wanted to do television, and I really was a little scared about it because I because of the schedule, and I I wanted to make sure it was something that I was really well suited to, so it would be a natural fit. Um, so when Ben called me and said if asked me if I wanted to pitch on. This, uh, I thought I would be in good hands because I knew that he was, you know, ex-amazing composer and uh, just had a really great work ethic. And we were friends. And we were on the same, you know, technically we we're in similar, you know, we we ha- we work on the same program, which is a big deal. Uh, uh, scoring has just been—it's a very natural step to, for me as a as a musical person. And I still make albums, and uh, I won a Grammy two years ago, so. Uh, so it's I haven't I haven't put myself out to pasture yet, uh, but 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 to your question, not chasing hits has been you know escaping the tyranny of the hit song um, is uh, is a great liberator for the muse. Uh, just kind of consulting my angels and my consciousness, my my muse, about like what is the music that really wants to come through now. That's the greatest question. Any that's the privilege of a lifetime to quote Joseph Campbell.
0: Good reference. Well, Ben, I can't follow up greatness in terms of another awesome question, but I'll try. And that is, what was it about this project that made you went? Lily is the collaborator. For example, did you hear in your head, okay, we want more strings-oriented stuff, or was there actually direction as to what they wanted?
3: Um, well, I will say that um, I think even from the, the reading of the script, I had some ideas. I, I didn't get like, it's not like I read the script and I was offered this job. It was really just a friend friend to friend thing. Um, and I, I sort of uh, broadly talked with, with my friend Sarah Lampert at the time like, oh, how cool it would be to be able to work on something that's so personal to me. Um, and, uh, but one thing about Lily, Lily's a very versatile composer. Mm-hmm. Um, she plays the violin beautifully also. And, uh, and she just has a whole range of, of talents in the, in the scoring uh, coming from a very emotional place. Uh, one, of, one of those things is her voice, which um, she's a wonderful singer. And um, I had always felt because the project is so female, um, even from reading the script, that uh the use of a of a female voice uh wordless voice um uh is is just a very powerful and emotional thing and that's one of lily's tools in her toolbox her vast toolbox Outrocast.